Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane of Voice Matters, and I am here as ever with my wonderful co-host Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. And today we are so excited. We're always excited when we have guests. Sorry, we just can't help ourselves. We're here with our fellow solo, Jennifer Donovan, because our topic today is nomad, no problem, taking your business on the road. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for, for our fellow solos, but for those of you who don't know, Jennifer Donovan is the founder of Nova Communications, and she consults with companies on their social media and communications programs. Her experience with both PR and social media spans more than 25 years working in-house at communications agencies and with companies directly. Since starting Nova, she has worked with companies of all sizes across various industries, from startup consumer application companies to billion-dollar global technology companies. And as I said before, she's also a fellow solo. So we're thrilled that you're joining us today, Jennifer. Thanks for taking the time. Excited to be here with you guys. This is fun. (laughs) So excited to have you. And I, you know, I feel so immensely blessed that Jennifer is not only a solo, but I've had the pleasure of working with her and can vouch that she's such an expert in her craft and so professional, so smart. I've learned so much from her. And um, she has a really impressive resume because she is one of those people that not only can do the work and and design the strategy, but she also is an excellent teacher. So she's done a lot of training and workshops for big agencies and for PR pros. And she's so fantastic and so memorable. Um, I was talking with one of our team members and they were like, yes, I, I remember Jennifer Donovan very well. And she was rattling off things about you. And I'm like, yeah, because once you meet her, you never forget her. So thank you so much for navigating the time zone and being here with us. I'm so thrilled. Well, thanks, Karen. That's so sweet. And yeah, we I've been a solo for almost as long as I've been uh, a solo practitioner and um, had the pleasure of, of meeting you in Atlanta all those years ago and, and being yeah. able to, to meet uh, meet a lot of the other solos. So it was a it's been a great ride since I started starting doing this. Uh, it'll be nine years next month. That's wow. fantastic. Congrats. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll always have Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was one a fun day, couple days. Again. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? We'll do it again one day. Yeah. But yeah, but so recent developments, you know, when we did meet back in Atlanta, you were based in San Francisco. But recently, you made a pretty major move. Tell us a little bit about it. That is correct. So <laughs> I was in uh, in San Francisco for 25 years on and off. Uh, had a little stint on the East Coast for, for a few years. But about uh, a year ago, moved to Lisbon, Portugal. So I've been here. Yeah, it'll be a year in April that we moved here. Um, so. Yeah, you know, I always knew I wanted to live outside the US. I started traveling internationally in my in my teenage years and really just caught mm-hmm. that wanderlust bug um, and realized I have just a huge curiosity for other cultures and foods and languages and people. And um, so, you know, my partner Paul and I had traveled quite a bit together in the 13, 14 years that we've been together. And 
we started realizing we were kind of always the outliers. We were either not as old or not as young. So it was either people in their 60s and 70s that were retired or teenagers or, you know, kids that had just gotten out of college. And we thought, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) So it sort of gave us uh, the idea that, well, if we're going to move somewhere, we want to do it when we're young enough to really be able to enjoy it. So um, when we first visited Portugal about three years ago, we fell in love with it almost from day one, it was really, it was really interesting um, how much it captured our hearts. And we loved the pace of life and the people and um, just the beauty that, you know, we're, we're on the ocean and there's mountains and, and wine regions. And it's just a really interesting, um, interesting country that a lot of people hadn't heard of. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, heard of, but like hadn't visited. It's not, you know, when you think of Europe, people think, yeah. Rome or or Paris right. or you know yeah. London, but you don't really you know ha- don't really hear a lot of people come to Portugal. So we were mm-hmm. we were pleasantly surprised that we loved it so much, and we came back a few months after our first trip and bought a house. <laughs> so it's phenomenal! Um, How cool! Yeah, so we we've <laughs> we owned the house for uh, a, you know a while before we actually decided to move. But I think the pandemic really was a motivating factor in the move. It um, sure. it gave us some quiet time to reconsider really what's important about our lives, what we wanted the next phase of our life to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, slowing down, not being part of the rat race, um, having more time to explore and, you know, you know, discover new things around here really were part of the, part of the reasons um, for mm-hmm. that inspired the move. You know, and we definitely miss the people in, in our community that we built in San Francisco, but we, we are really lucky to have created a wonderful community of, of friends here in the, even in just the year that we've been here. Mm, no, that's so true. Yeah. I have friends. So good. Yeah. Go ahead, Since the pandemic, I've heard, obviously it was a major shift across the globe that has us all rethinking and redesigning our lives. And so I've, I've heard mm-hmm. a lot more people wanting to either live abroad part of the time or they're thinking ahead about relocating somewhere else. Um, I think it's beautiful how your place found you and worked its way into your heart and you knew immediately. Mm-hmm. But what would you say, you know, where can somebody who, because you guys put a stake in the ground and committed yeah. to Portugal before you <laughs> even made the move. What would you say to those solos who are like, you know, I've had like this, this undercurrent of a wanderlust and wanting to see and do what would be some of the things that you would advise them to do before they take that step of going to find their new place? That's a good question. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of factors that, that, that came into play and what really made it feel like home to us. And, or, you know, from the, from the get go was, you know, I think we, we looked at it from a sort of, I guess, what we wanted our lifestyle to to be and what we wanted, how we wanted to feel. And I think, you know, as much as I love San Francisco, uh, you know, the, the cost of living was really, really high and the level of safety was, was getting lower and lower every day. So I think we looked at it from a safety perspective. We looked at it in terms of, you know, political, you know, leaning and acceptance of others and the diversity of of the place. And, you know, not, not to forget things like climate and access to going back to the U S. So being on the West coast 
of you know the most western country in Europe was was a factor because it's just a it's a, almost the same as flying from San Francisco to the east coast as oh. it is from here to back to the east coast um, and the climate and you know I think just you know as as you get older there's certain things that you that are non-negotiables in in your mm-hmm. life and so while um, moving to, you know, a, a, a beach town with a bunch of retirees may sound good. You know, are you going to have the right, are you going to be able to make the right connections or is that going to um, give you the mm. the access to arts and culture and music that you might be looking for? So I think thinking of the things that you really enjoy in your life and are mm-hmm. you going to be able to, to find those in a new, in a new environment. And, you know, a lot of the other things will, will sort of, fall into place. I think, you know, for me, I, I realized that my, my worries and my concerns were really my biggest hurdles when, when we thought about moving mm-hmm. here. But um, at the end of the day, it was really easier than we, we thought it would be. But, um, you know, from a business perspective, I think those things you need to, to take into account, you know, obviously time zones and, and adjusting your work hours, um, sure. finding new, new business, depending on what industry you're in. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you don't speak the language, you know, maybe finding new, new business and new clients in that in that country may be difficult unless, you know, you do speak the language or there's a high proficiency of your native language there. Um, so that's something that, you know, I, I had to consider as well as budgets being different than they may be in your in the US if we're if we're comparing US to other parts of the world. But, um, you know, on the flip side, there's cheaper Wi-Fi, cheaper cost of living. So, you know, there's some some trade-offs there too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Wi-Fi, making sure that the infrastructure, not mm-hmm. just the, you know, the business community, but the infrastructure is sound because if you don't, if you can't get good Wi-Fi, we're dead in the water. <laughs> right. And what was surprising is we, we realized our Wi-Fi here was four to five times stronger than it was in Silicon Valley, which of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's it's funny though, but yeah, I think like you say, the the sense of place, the vibe of a place is so important when when making a decision of, hmm, could I live here? You know, I've in, mm-hmm. in the places I've gone, I I've, I've checked myself. I'm thinking, huh, it's different here in a good way. Yeah. That, that's cool. I have friends who they're digital nomads in Playa del Carmen in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they, they never let us forget yeah. it with their constant <laughs> beach posts, but we still like them. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, all those things, you know, and and just realizing that, um, you know, not everything is going to be the same. And that's really part of the part of the adventure. And if you're, if that's what you're going into these decisions with, I think you're going to have a hard time once the reality of, of being in a new place sets in, because there are things that are different, you know, cultures are different, or, you know, bureaucracy and and just getting things done is different, especially when you're, when you're not proficient in a language. So there's right. a lot to think about, but I think if you go into it with the right frame of mind, yeah, be yeah. one of those people that is not trying to replicate your same experience, but you're really opening yourself up to embracing something different and you're okay mm-hmm. with that. You can yeah. adapt and learn. If you're rigid, it's probably not the best move for you. Right, right. right. Yeah. And when you talk about like the bureaucracy and some of the things, the nuts and bolts, like, you know, if, if one of our listeners is, is thinking of this, you know, what, what are the things that, you, that maybe we might overlook or, you know, as far as visas or, you know, health, how insurance, even, and, health insurance, right? How to even be yeah. able to get work. To yeah, so legally. I think um, 
one of the things that's different now as opposed to maybe when somebody did this even 15 years ago is the accessibility of information on the internet mm-hmm. and Facebook communities that uh, that are that offer a lot of information. So there's a few expat communities that we were part of on Facebook and in other communities online that really gave us a lot of tips and skills mm-hmm. and um, connections and opportunities to ask questions. So we found the the visa process was actually pretty easy. You just, you know, you had to not be a criminal and <laughs> have enough money in the bank to um, to meet the, the requirements. And I think you'd be surprised some yeah. of the countries. I think, you know, there are a few countries that require you to have quite a bit of money because they don't want you to really, you know, take advantage of, of their social services and things like that. Sure. But for Portugal, it was just a the equivalent of a year's salary, and unfortunately, the um, the yearly salary here, the average yearly yearly salary is is between like seven and eight thousand dollars. So, essentially, that's all we needed to have in the bank to show that wow. we we could do that. Our overall, I mean, again, I came from San Francisco, so pretty high cost of living, but ours went yeah. down by about seventy five percent when we moved here. That's incredible. So, healthcare. For both me and my partner is, I think, $85 a month for the two You're of gonna us. You're going to make us cry, aren't you? You're going to make us cry. You're going to make us cry <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. So compared to $800 yeah. in the U.S., it's it's quite a it's right? quite a dip. Um, right. But I think, you know, uh, there's 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 a lot of resources out there for somebody that would that that's looking at this. And, you know, whether whether it's a, a Facebook community or or TV shows or, you know, books okay. or, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunities to to really figure it out. And, and, you know, we do have a handful of friends that actually moved here to Portugal sight unseen. And I don't know if I would do that. You know, I think (laughs) there's, there's a few things that I would probably want to figure out beforehand, but um, so I think, you know, maybe narrowing down your choices and then visiting a place and, and um, you know, maybe spending time in different, spending time in that place at, at different times of the year as well, because, you know, there are places where, um, you know, maybe it's really touristy in the summer, but it's really dead in the winter. And, you know, so I think just kind of figuring out how it fits in with your lifestyle is important. Right, right. And, and you know, as solos, we can do test runs. I know, you know, we both know Lisa Gerber. She did that a couple of years ago. I remember living vicariously through her Instagram all summer, when she spent Ooh. a good chunk of time in France. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, that's the beauty of being a solo. We, we, do to a certain degree have that ability to just pull up roots because yeah absolutely need wi-fi and our dream right <laughs> yeah yeah and you know i think um for w- one other thing that we've we've done here that we couldn't do in the u.s because we were renters is now that we own this place we were part of this um, service called homeexchange.com and so we can you know share switch switch houses with people and so i think for anybody that actually does own their own home in the u.s could could do a trial run using a service like that. It's it's really cheap to to join, and you could cool. you know go spend a, um, a few weeks in a in a place. And you know when you take out the cost of accommodations when traveling, it really cuts down the the cost, the overall cost, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah. Um, so now that you've been there for a little bit, um, yeah. What has been has there has there been anything that like surprised you like, Oh, I didn't even think of this when, you know, we were planning this whole thing as much, you know, (laughs) was there anything that sort of took you by surprise? I would say probably two things. I think one of my biggest concerns was, 
making friends and creating a community, you know, just right. um, being a solo. So I didn't have an office to go into to meet people, not having kids. So I didn't have this instant yeah. community through my child's school or, or activities and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think I was really surprised at the, the, the ability to create a, a, a community here. You know, everybody that we've met is really looking for a, a new experience as well. And so I feel like we have this common connection. Mm-hmm. So that's been really great. I think <laughs> it's kind of silly and doesn't have anything to do with work, but the, um, the cheap airfare <laughs> has been an incredible surprise. So, I mean, we've been to, I think, five countries, five other countries since uh, we've moved here right? and the airfare, you know, we're, we're going to Italy next week and we have a one-way ticket to Venice and that was $21 from Lisbon. So <sighs> when you look at the cheap airfare and this home exchange, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to go explore other parts of, uh, of Europe for, incredible. for, yeah. That's so I think, incredible. you know, those were really the, the big surprises. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think it just gets to the, when, when you think about, think about it at, at its core, really, um, you know, people are all the same, you know, it, 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 at the core, right? I mean, yeah. so even though it's a different country and a different language and a different culture, um, there really weren't huge, huge surprises. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's been yeah. really nice to realize. That's terrific. So let me ask a question that solos may be thinking. We, we know that the digital nomad trend, you know, going and working and living in different places is also really hot and it continues to grow. Um, And um, there may be solos out there that are like, you know, I just want to spend some time traveling. What are your, you know, from your personal experience, when you're keeping your U.S. customers, whether you are Mm -hmm. moving permanently or you just want to spend some time traveling Mm -hmm. abroad and, and keeping your business going, how do you do that? What are the things that you need to have like a checklist of things like I need to keep my US client base and need to keep business moving, but I want to travel and experience life. What what should they keep in mind? You know, I think my best practices have really remained the same. You know, I was lucky to have this business for for eight years and 15 years of experience in PR before that. So I think, you know, my my best practices and 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 how I run my business has remained essentially the same, but I think the biggest thing is managing client expectations because um, while the pandemic helped with remote work, I think the idea of you being in a different time zone, quote unquote, feels like you're further away and feels a little bit off to clients. So I think, you know, uh, if you have clients that are expecting you to to be in their office weekly or monthly may not be the best, the best fit or the best time for you to to make a move. But if you have clients that are a little bit more flexible, um, I think it could work. I think, uh, so, you know, managing t- client expectations, you know, I definitely had to shift my work hours. So um, I have clients on the West coast of the U S and the East coast of the U S. So I'm either eight or five hours difference. So usually I have most of my mornings free so I can get a lot of work done, which is great. So it's it, my ability to do a lot of the work before my clients come online has cut mm-hmm. down on a lot of me- need for meetings or back and forth on Slack or email. But most of my engagement with the clients does come between four in the afternoon and 9 p.m. for me. Mm-hmm. So I've had mm-hmm. to just adjust that a little bit. Uh, and I think the other thing that I've I've really been mindful of is keeping up on networking. 
because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to let yourself be out of sight, out of mind. And sometimes yeah. when you tell people you're moving, they're like, oh, she, you know, she's our, she's yeah. over in Europe. You know, we, we, <laughs> so you have to find, find some of those ways to remind people that you're, you're still a good connection. You're still a good potential partner. You're still somebody that they can refer business to and vice versa. So I've, I've really kept up on a lot of the online communities that I'm part of and, um, you know, old clients. And when I see opportunities referring business to my connections back in the U S so they kind of keep, keep thinking of me and I'm not sort of out too far, (laughs) too far away. So Um, and I'm, you know, I'm lucky I have two great consultants on, on my team. They are, they're in Canada, but on us, they cover <laughs> the Pacific time zone and East coast time zone. So they really help me support clients when either I'm sleeping <laughs> or in an emergency. Um, yeah. so that's, that's really helped. And, um, you know, I think the other thing is, you know, if somebody's thinking about doing this, um, back to the, the the cost of living decrease, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think that has really changed how I look at my business. Being in San Francisco, mm-hmm. I had to I had to think about each new lead that came in in a different way because if I lost one client, um, right. you know, it could really affect my 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 life. Whereas here, I can be a little bit more flexible in the types of clients I take on and and be a little bit more picky. And so, I think um that if somebody's thinking about that and they maybe have a client that's a little bit more rigid, think about what your cost of living might be. And I think it can help you be a little bit more discerning with mm-hmm. how you're, how you're structuring your business Yeah, as well sure. as, you know, there's, there's potential for, you know, again, I have two awesome consultants that have worked with me for, for years um, back in, in Canada, but there's also the opportunity to, to start to nurture those connections in the country that you're moving to. And so, right. um, you know, whereas the hourly rate for a consultant in the U S or Canada will be probably quite a bit higher. If I needed some extra support here, I could probably find, find that at a lower rate while still, you know, I'm getting paid in U S dollars, mm-hmm. but if I could find some support and, and, you know, support the the locals and the local economy, um, you know, that can help you adjust how you think about your business and, and your client load and all of that. Right. Speaking of financials and not not to dig too deep, but something Solo should probably keep in mind is, I mean, clearly you're probably still either have dual citizenship or maintain citizenship. So the IRS mm-hmm. still wants what they want. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so yes. you probably want to find a good accountant that's savvy in, in someone who is a digital nomad or someone who lives abroad. Yeah, absolutely. So as a U.S. citizen, you will always, regardless of if you make a dime in the U.S., you always have to file your taxes every year, even if you just put your name and social security number and all zeros. So that that's something that will never go away. I actually yeah. haven't haven't made any income from a Portuguese source yet. So, but I still you still have to you still have to file again here. Um, so, but I have a great accountant. She actually lives here, but she's um, registered to to do work in the U.S. So she, she understands how to work with, with people yeah. that with us citizenship um, mm-hmm. that are, you know, so my LLC is still based in the U S and you, you file those first and then you, you show sure. Portugal that you didn't make any, any money from a, a Portuguese source. But yeah, I mean, that's really, really important. And, you know, there are, you know, financial wise, there are some other things to think about in terms of bank accounts and mm. um, mailboxes. So we have a virtual mailbox now that everything gets sent to because the mail system here is um, it's private and a little interesting. Uh, 
yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work as well as we would like. So we, um, we have a virtual mailbox and it is, uh, you know, some banks don't allow you to open a, an account with a virtual mailbox. You actually have to have a physical address. So, you know, there, there are some things from a, from like a running your business and, you know, banking and like how you, how you get paid and how you pay your consultants. So thinking right. of those things, I think that's um, a few, but nothing that's, that's un- unmanageable or unreasonable right. to as a hurdle right. for sure. Yeah. I did not even know that there were virtual mailboxes. So I know. Which, I was like, Ooh. And, um, <laughs> interesting to yeah. hear the private doesn't work so well, because as you know, we have this little problem with the U S postal system and it doesn't yeah. always work well either. Right. <laughs> yeah. The virtual mailboxes are great. What they do is um, they, they, they send you a message. There's an app and they send you a message when you get a new piece of mail and you can either have them open it. Or if you know that it's a piece of junk mail, you can just have them recycle it or shred it. Um, nice. And if you, if you actually do need that piece of physical mail, sometimes you, you can just save it as a PDF and, and that's all you need. But if you do need it, those services will, will actually send it via FedEx or UPS to you wherever you are. Love it. Yeah. Love it. No. Yeah, that's a good option for people who might be moving around a bit to set mm-hmm. that up because right. they're not going to be in one place for a long period of time and they have that option. I love that. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I did um, with my LLC is I actually, I moved it, I moved all, everything out of California because California is kind of a tricky state when you move out of the country, they, they still try and get you for state taxes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I moved my LLC to a non-income um, the uh, you know non-state tax state, if you will. So I chose Delaware to have something Delaware. in common with Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you know that was another um, another thing that I thought of in terms of um, you know kind of association with your home state. Yeah. It was easier for us because we didn't own any property in California. But I think if somebody was moving abroad but still keeping a house, you know, you could still use that as your home address. You wouldn't sure. necessarily need the virtual mailbox, but so there's, sure. there's, you know, a few things to think about there. Yes. We, we made many a trip across the Pennsylvania border to go shopping at the Christiana mall in college <laughs> just to avert the sales tax. <laughs> yep. I did the same growing up in Massachusetts, going over to New Hampshire, <laughs> buying, buying a major appliance. Let's look in Delaware. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's really um, nice. These are some really good tips. Yeah. And- I love, I'm so jealous. Um, you and I had the opportunity to talk recently and you yeah. were sharing some of the places that you've been. And I'm so jealous about the airfares because there was not one no. single place in the U.S. you could go for 21 no. No, Absolutely <laughs> not. Especially a two and a half hour flight. Drive okay. across town with the price right. of gas for $21. Yeah. So I'm super jealous. I, I gas drive is to- expensive here for sure yeah. as well, it's, but it's about it's $7, been- $8 a gallon. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always been pretty expensive in Europe, I think, right? It, yeah. It has, yeah. I, um, I can drive two hours and pay maybe sixteen dollar toll on the Verrazano. So yay me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, we're lucky <laughs> to be able to explore for, for low cost. It's cheaper yeah. than taking a probably taking a train from San Francisco to Sacramento for us flying to it's Italy. So true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have but, friends. Yeah. I have British friends every year they'll, oh, we're renting a villa in Tuscany and it sounds so exotic. And I think, you know, it's probably costing them less than if I would get a hotel at the Jersey shore for a week, which is really depressing. So I don't dwell on it. Yep. (laughs) I'm not better. (laughs) It's fine. It's all fine. 
one day, Michelle. I know, right? They're like, you need to come over. I'm like, it's cheaper for you people to come see me, but whatever. I love it. Well, Jennifer, uh, we this has been yeah. so fun. And it I I hope that our listeners, their wills are turning about the places that they can at least explore. Even if you don't want to move somewhere else permanently, I hope that Jennifer has inspired you that you really can do your business from anywhere. There's workarounds and She's so relaxed. You know, when we rebroadcast this live stream, I encourage you to look at her and look yes. at herself and in look the mirror. At us. Think, this could be me. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. That's sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful catching up with you. And, you know, honestly, if I can be a resource or a sounding board for anybody, you know, contact me on the solo PR or, you know, um, you know, feel free to include my contact information when you guys post this. I would love to, to help anybody out, answer any questions. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to check Jennifer out, you can check her out at nova-coms.com. That's comms with two M's or seek her out on LinkedIn. And gosh, it was, it's just been so great to reconnect with you today. And we thank you for sharing all this wonderful information. And oh my gosh, we'll be thinking of you by the ocean <laughs> as we go about our day today. And And Absolutely. if you're listening here on the podcast, just imagine you're breathing in some salt air as you make your make your living um so well and with that we thank you all for joining us and until next time this has been that solo life <laughs> <laughs>